Thank you for joining us at MindSpeak, the show that delves into global issues with a local perspective. This is a voice, not an echo. If you can't speak your mind, you can't be human. Hi, folks, and welcome to MindSpeak. That's the first episode of MindSpeak in the year 2022. And this will be episode Creativity in the Age of Dangerous Information. So we are definitely going there on this show. Try to talk about the various things that are happening throughout the world and various countries where information, unfortunately, is more used to control people or more used as a weapon than anything else. And, of course, that's an extraordinary uh, sad situation when we have uh, an Internet, a world wide web across this entire planet where you think that getting information out to people would, would be a good way to, to break the monopoly of uh, journalistic entities that are not always on our side or not even practicing anything unethical or, or to break the, the, the strangleholds of tyrannical governments. Uh, like uh, China and North Korea and Iran, etc. Or just to get things out that we need to know about that that corporations or other individuals are, are suppressing it, which is dangerous. But unfortunately, and more times than not, they they use these uh, these vehicles, meaning the internet, as a way to to uh, dissuade people or maybe even persuade them in a negative way against things. Uh, they say it can be used to sway elections at times. It certainly is used to sway people's emotions and feelings and attitudes about a whole host of subjects. So it becomes the Internet uh, a place where you still have to watch what's being said and, and possibly even uh, critically examine it. You, you, can't, you can't trust it all, unfortunately, because some of it's out there on purposely to, to mislead you. Now, we're going to have four segments of this show. Our first segment is going to be corruption of narratives. Then we're going to have corruptions of government, uh, when the truth is not a goal. And the last chapter being being creative in a dark, in a dark world. All right, so we're going to go on to the first chapter, which is corruption of narratives. Now, I always find this extremely important because... Most of the times, when you have a narrative that's out there, I don't care what it is. It could be environmental narrative, or you know, it could be the narrative of, of big oil or pharmaceuticals or etc. Any of these type of narratives, the biggest problem with them is you don't get all of the facts, which means that you don't have the whole truth. You have part of what they're saying, you don't even sure about that, and it has to be questioned. And when you do question it, regardless of the, what your reasons for questioning it. Suddenly you're a bad person, you're an enemy, you're benighted, you're ignorant, you're prejudiced. All these days you're, you're a bigot or a racist just for questioning something. This is what's become a way to shut down people. If they can't figure out in society how to put you in jail, well, then they're going to figure out a way to, to simply make you look undesirable or, or make you look unintelligent. This is one of the dangerous things of narratives. Let's go over a couple of narratives just to kind of give you some real firm examples, okay? First narrative that I always find suspicious is uh, the narrative of environmentalism. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who says we should have clean air. Who cannot agree with that? Or clean water. Or maybe we should recycle in the community more. Nobody's against these things. They make sense. They, they should be done. 
The problem is, is when they go far enough where we need to ban boats, we need to ban planes, we need to ban cars, we need to ban oil, we need to ban everything. Well, guess what? If you take any of that sort of stuff seriously, well, then you need to understand, well, what are the alternatives they're talking about? You know, uh, solar power that suddenly uh, goes to kaput when a cloud passes over and there's no more sun. Yeah, that sounds real reliable. Uh, batteries. They still haven't figured out, maybe by design, maybe by accident, how to have a battery that's over 500 miles. And then, since they haven't created one of those yet, they haven't even figured out about, well, how do you dispense these batteries? You can't put them underground because they become poisonous to the water stream underground. How do you create batteries that are going to be safe enough to, to be disposed of when you're done with them? Or how do you create batteries that can do 500 or more miles and somehow can be recycled in a way that you can now use it again for another couple more years of 500 miles uh, charge? Still haven't figured that out either. You got windmills. Sound all wonderful, but again, the power that comes from the windmills also has to be stored in these in these batteries, in these giant capacitors, and, and those are not very safe, again, because we haven't figured out how to dispose them yet. And then there's this other complication with the windmills, they're turbine blades. They haven't figured out how to create a material that's useful that can also be disposed. So what do they do? They just bury gigantic turbine things underground. What's going to happen when, when these things start dissolving in the ground? Are they going to become poisonous? Do we have enough ground that we can continually, continually build these things? Where's the recyclability of those things? This is, this is really the heart of this entire problem with environmentalism. The minute you question this, they call you a, they call you a fascist, or they call you an ignorant, or they call you a caveman, or a Neanderthal, or something. But these are questions we are, should be asking. If we're talking about real science here, science should always be able to bear our questions. And when it can't, then it needs to figure out how to adjust itself in terms of how to improve itself. How, how can you have these so-called alternative energies that, that, that promote recycling, but then there's no way to recycle them? You can't recycle the battery. You can't recycle the wind turbines. We all know... And it's, it's common even in the environmental community that nuclear power is one of the best ways to go and it's also one of the safest ways to go. Yeah, you have countries like Germany that are actually completely going to come offline from this thing because they want to be carbon free or whatever that's supposed to mean. You know, the, you're not going to have carbons in the air, but you can get carbon credits for it to offset the bad stuff you're doing. So on paper, it looks like you're doing something good for the earth, but you're not. Meanwhile, the very same people that promote this nonsense, uh, like Al Gore and, and Leonardo Caprio and all these wonderful people who have six and seven houses and fly uh, private jets and pollute the entire planet as they're telling me not to pollute the planet, okay? They still don't have any ideas. They still live in, in another, another, another world than we live in. They pollute the world we live in, but they're doing something to somehow try to prevent it from being polluted. I don't know, how about you take a damn train and stop using your private plane? That would be a good way for you to actually practice what you're preaching. But this is the problem with lots of these narratives. They're not there <laughs> for these for people to actually practice them. They, they, you're supposed to practice them. Okay? They don't have to do any of that. They somehow live above this. I don't know, maybe they're superhumans. They have super brains. But when you question any of this, suddenly it all falls apart. And that's the problem with this. And you have to wonder, because it's natural to wonder, why are they just not being honest about all these things? 
Yeah, we think that Nuclear Angels is probably the best, but there is some issues with that, and maybe we can make it safer. Or Why don't we talk about the, the downsides of solar, of batteries, of electric cars, of, of wind turbines, etc., etc., etc. Why are they not open and honest about this then? Understanding that these are weaknesses in these alternative energies, that these can be real setbacks, that they should be researching these things as they're pushing them still forward. No honesty about that. I don't even want to talk about this. When you Again, when you have a narrative that doesn't want to talk about its weaknesses and its apparent facts that it doesn't want to consider, then you have to wonder what's, what's really there. What's, what's the true agenda? Is it really to take us into a better world and, and a safer, a chemically free world? Or are there other, other considerations here? Is it not really a priority? Is this really just about control of people? Or amassing taxes to do whatever you want to do with this money. Is it about changing the message of how you want to dictate to a, to a, to a society? That you don't want it to be free. You've got to be able to tell it what to do. Those are things you have to consider. You have to wonder. I'm not proposing a conspiracy theory. Anybody who knows me and knows the show, I'm not big on these sort of things. They're mostly nonsense. But these big questions that are not answered and when you look at these things seriously just from the scientific logical mind and i'm not talking politics here i'm literally talking about scientifically logically there's a lot of room here so, so i have to wonder and there's a lot of things they don't want to explain and don't seem to consider and i don't know why because if i can clearly see this this shouldn't be difficult to the folks that are proposing this but just like politics folks they're always going to put the best foot forward and they're going to spin everything else and this is what's being done so when you have a narrative that looks more like a political program, you should be worried. Now, I say the same thing about the oil and gas industry. I'm all for those forms because I think right now they're the most reliable that, that, that prop up the modern society that we have right now. It doesn't mean they're the best and it doesn't mean they're the healthiest. It's what we have right now until somebody can come up with something that really is really is a way to replace them. Do you know why they have them come up with some ways to replace them? Because there's not really anything that reliable to replace them or what have been done already. I don't care any of these silly conspiracy theories about, well, the oil industry has so much money and they're figuring out ways to stop the battery and do this and they just don't want to do that and blah, 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 blah. Do you think the people in the oil industry are not saying, boy, I really wait for that battery to fail? I'm sure they're laughing their butt off. But do they have anything to do with about it? No, there's not much they can do about it. Anybody out there who's an entrepreneur in any kind of industry, if they could figure this out, they would be billionaires overnight. So believe me, if they could have figured this out already, it would have been done. You can see the pale examples that we got right now. And this is what this has been used to prop up against oil. At least oil is real. At least it's out there. These other environmental things, that they're just not that reliable. And until they can come up with something else that is... Well, you have oil. And what are the problems with oil? Well, there's a lot of problems with oil. And unfortunately, the oil industry is pretty decently honest about it, but they don't really have lots of tremendous solutions. You know, you only can do so much with the, with the smart, um, cleaner coal, with the, putting the filters over the, over the stacks. And then that's starting to get more and more banned coal being used, even though it's a plentiful supply throughout the world. Um, Oil tankers, they're going to have them double hold and try to do their best with safety, or you're still going to have accidents. 
You could still have mechanical failures. You could still have a storm that could hit a boat all over the damn ocean, killing all kinds of things. That's always a possibility. Same thing with pipelines on the ground. They're pretty safe, but they can break open and things can happen as well. You know, as well as uh, all the, the junk that comes out of cars as the combustion engine uses it. All of those things are real. The only thing that I really like about the oil industry is at least they're pretty decent about acknowledging these things and not running away from them. Are they doing enough to make us safer from oil until one day it can be replaced? Uh, no, I don't believe that they are. They've done some things, but I don't think they've done enough. And I think it's up to us to be able to push them. And I honestly think that we're better off pushing them to be safer than, than pushing everybody else to create the perfect solar panel, the perfect wood bind, wood uh, turbine, uh, the ultimate battery or something, because that's going to take time and incentive and, and, and resources and development and who knows long, how long that's going to take, if it's even possible. So there you go right there. Two competing industries, both of them with all kinds of silly narratives, a lot of things that either they can't control, don't want to discuss, and or don't want to deal with. And that's what that's just some of the narratives we deal with on on a regular basis, you know, in in the world. You know, of course, we have a lot of other narratives, and, and some of them are wrapped in terms of uh, you know culture or e even even race. And we could talk about that here as we go into the next chapter, which is corruption of government. That is the second one over here. Now keep this in mind, folks. One of the problems about making information dangerous is people want to control the narrative because I think ultimately the narrative is about controlling you. And part of that, that propaganda that comes with that is we're all supposed to be in the same agreement. We're all supposed to be somehow individuals and free, but we're all supposed to think the same. Does that sound like freedom? Everybody thinks the same? That sounds like dictatorship. That sounds like 1984. That sounds like mind manipulation. Because, folks, security doesn't come from agreement. That's not what it is. So you should not be rushing to agree with somebody because if we do this, it'll be a safer world. We won't have war. No, no. No, security comes from having respect of liberty, meaning that you do your best to defend your position, but you're not out there trying to blow somebody else's house up because they happen to differ with you. You're not out there in, in, in a conversation or a lecture or, or, or even just a debate with somebody. You know, you're, all you're doing is just yelling and cursing at them and not listening to what they have to say. It's one of the real problems with the 21st century now. All this progress we supposedly love all this technology is supposed to have gotten us some way and it seems to me we have actually become more closed-minded and more fearful and even more paranoid than we've been even a hundred years ago when we barely had a you know a plane or, or an automobile i don't know whatever happened to people working with each other somehow compromise has become some kind of a dirty word which is ridiculous it truly is there is no such thing as compromise being a dirty word. And anyone who says that, well, those folks are just simply closed-minded. And you have to ask them, why are you closed-minded? Hmm? Somehow what you're telling us is perfect. It has no, no weaknesses, no things that can be improved upon. Hmm? You are the, the diviner of all truth on earth. Uh, no. Just another individual with some ideas. Some that could be right. 
some that can be improved upon, some that might be just straight wrong. But no, we don't need to agree with us each other to be able to operate a society, to be able to operate a neighborhood, to even operate a family. And you can't go around demonizing somebody because they don't agree with you. More times than not, and maybe it sounds like a cliche or something corny, fine. Throw it at me, uh, I'm a big boy, and I have big boy pants on, okay? But guess what? Lots of times, a lots of things that we have to work with in society happen to be towards the middle of things. It doesn't. It's the extremes that become a problem for us. It really is. I mean, I understand why a group of people would want, let's say, women to have abortion. I understand why. I don't particularly agree with it, but I disagree with it on a moral basis, not on a legal one. There's still room for both sides to operate in society. And I really think that where it comes to America right now, we're, we're probably we're probably edging towards what I've been saying for like the last 15 years, where eventually this is going to get struck down, and it's simply going to be a states' rights issue. It means you're going to have some states that are going to allow it, and some states that are not. I happen to think that's fair and fine, because in the end, you can't force people to be putting their money out for something that they simply do not agree with, whether they don't agree with it legally, philosophically, or, or, or morally. Why not just simply have somebody who needs this just go over to the next state over that allows it? Let those people and their taxes pay for something they agree on, and don't let other places that don't agree on it. It's not difficult. You're not, you're not imprisoning anybody. They're free to go somewhere else to take care of this. And that's probably what the future of this is going to happen. I honestly think that many a times things like this that have and have had more simpler solutions, it hasn't transpired because I honestly think that neither side wants it to be resolved. They dislike it as a, a football that can kick around forever. It's something they can always use to beat somebody else up over. That's what it is. Because the solution has always been there. And it's going to simply happen on a socially evolutionary type of basis. It's going to evolve over to what I'm talking about right now. We're going to have 50 states in America and maybe like 28, 29 of them say okay and the other ones don't. That really resolves it all. You're just not going to have the debate anymore. It's no longer going to be part of political, political discourse anymore. You know, you got a lot of people going in, in, in the smoky back rooms over there, probably disappointed. Oh, God, that's all gone now. What am I going to talk about? I don't know, some of like the real issues that we need, uh, like, uh, you know, fixing bridges and, and figuring out how to get Internet to the rural areas, <laughs> how to figure out how to get some pharmaceuticals and medical costs down a little bit more so people can uh, can have this. I don't know, real things that people really need in their lives other than this this nonsense issue that, quite frankly, is a personal one, and if people do have legal moral obligations or, or, or feelings about that, well, there you go. Split it up to where one, one, one side or one place will accept it and others won't. That's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And it's one of the reasons why, folks, that you have to question these narratives and you have to question them seriously because, first of all, they never seem to have the priority they put out. It's always some other secret goal in mind. And I don't mean that in a conspiracy. I just mean that because that's how politics tends to work. Because these narratives have little to do with truth and more to do with just manipulation, with true politics. 
That's one of the major reasons. The second reason, of course, is a lot of times that they're, they're more simply solved than it's been allowed because they want to keep this thing going on forever. The more people are fighting and arguing about something like this, guess what? They're avoiding other things they could be looking at in society. And folks who do this, this is what they want. They want us to be distracted. They want us to simply look at other issues rather than the things that are necessary. Why isn't Social Security fixed yet? Why do we need a national health care plan in America when all you have to do is simply cover everybody who doesn't have insurance under a Medicaid? It's like 40, 50 million people. You don't have to disrupt the entire industry of America for 40 or 50 million people. Cover them with Medicaid and call it a day. It's done. Now you have people who have insurance who don't have a job or too poor, etc., etc. There you go. They got it. All right, let's go on to the um, the next here, the corruption of governments. Now, you probably remember I've talked about it in the recent past. We'll talk about it a little bit more further right now, but where it concerns uh, creativity and dangerous information, well, guess what? We got literally a, a wholesale industry of, of a murdering, assassinating journalists in Mexico. Dozens have been killed already. It's an incredible, horrible irony because you got a government like Mexico that's that's pretty much corrupt. Part of it's corrupt just because the nature of the government, uh, it's happened into the resources of the country, the oil supplies it has, and using it inappropriately. And then, of course, you got the drug money that flows into the rest of it that uh, allows the cartels to operate. They buy police, they integrate to the military and to the government, the governors, sheriffs, towns, all kinds of folks. And they, if you don't cooperate in, they figure out a way to get rid of you out of office or they kill you. In fact, in Mexico, corruption is so bad that, and I don't know if a lot of people realize this, but if it could be fixed, guess what? There'd be very few people wanting to come over to America. Folks, I, and I hate to say something this plain because of all these political people on both sides, again, make an issue that's quite simple, more complex because it's great for them for whatever reasons they want, these immigrants in, in, in America. But people don't rush over the borders because they want to make your life bad. They're going there because they want to make their lives better. Well, guess what? You wouldn't have to go to America to make your life better if Mexico could straighten out their own butt. Because if they did, they'd be staying there. They'd rather be in their country than being in America. And who who wouldn't want to be in their own country rather than having to go somewhere else? You ask anybody in an interview over there, and they'll tell you the same thing. So you you have to wonder about this nonsense war on drugs. Well, why don't we stop lying to ourselves and stop the corruption of the war on drugs and stop it? Periodly. We should be figuring out a war on corruption, not a war on drugs. If we could figure out ways to help Mexico get their act together, you would help start solving the, the, the entire immigration problem. In fact, you would also help start solving the cartel problem. I honestly wonder if we should be asking them to invite us in militarily so that we can go in there and wipe out these, these cartels. I don't care if they have guns and even some paramilitary training. They would not be able to withstand the, the, the American military backed up by the Mexican military. In less than a year, they'd be gone. And you know what happened to that country if the cartels were gone? It could start reforming itself. Stop all the human trafficking and all the drugs and all the nonsense that goes on so that Mexico can be the great country that it can be if it didn't have all this corruption around it. 
Think about um, right now Russia dealing with uh, Ukraine. Well, guess what? This is not a popular opinion because uh, everybody either wants to be on one side or the other, but neither side deserve a whole lot of respect or merit. U Ukraine is just as crappy in many ways in the way it's corrupt government and the way it's handled itself than, than Russia is. It doesn't mean that I believe they should be invaded and having their country taken away because I do not. And that they certainly should be defending themselves. I'm glad that this uh, wonderful administration we have here in America at least has figured out how to get them some weapons. At least they did something useful. They just should defend themselves like anybody else should. But, you know, for a long time they've invited this sort of nonsense. Crappy government and corruption and all kinds of nonsense until they finally get themselves together. And then they wonder why nobody wanted to invite them into NATO. It could be a long time for that happens because they still don't have their act together. I mean, one minute you got their president saying, we're in danger of being invaded, and then another minute he's lecturing us about, well, you shouldn't talk too much about invasion because, you know, we don't want to make, make the Russians mad. Yeah, can you can you make your mind up? Because you're sounding silly. And, of course, you know, we have Russia with a, con a big control of its information, of its journalism, of its TV stations. Practically a dictatorship run by this Mr. Mr. Putin, who used to be the KGB chief of intelligence there during the communist days. So this is not somebody that's really interested in having a free country. He constantly mentions it in the open. Oh, I kind of miss the days of the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we got that. If we don't do anything to let him know how serious this stuff is, it's not going to be difficult for him to take over the Baltics again and, and other countries. And he could have half of the old Warsaw Pact in probably six months if we were in there trying to do something to help. Could be back to that kind of warfare again. Why? Because, again, the people, I don't care who you are, what culture you are, but when people are afraid of freedom, when they don't want to spend the time to debate and try to convince people of the right or the wrong policy of things, they, they resort to this kind of nonsense invasions and military strength and tough talk and silly rewriting history of the days and when somehow something was so wonderful about the Soviet Union and, and it wasn't. Why? Because of fear. That's what happens. When you're afraid of freedom, this is what you do. You're dealing with, of course, Nigeria right now. I mean, they're constantly being bombarded by, by terrorism. And you got uh, Al-Qaeda and, and ISIS and other people in there right now killing all kinds of Christians. The government not going to do very much about it. It's a military government, completely corrupt, dependent upon oil, completely running that, that country, and not a very good job of doing it. Don't even think they kick half the times what's happening over there. Wouldn't surprise them one day they formally asked Britain or America to go in there to try to help them. And I don't even know why we want to, because... All they need to do is get themselves together and have a free government with free people instead of having a government that is dictatorial and, and, and a country that's poorer than it should be because of corruption. Turkey is quite similar. Although Turkey is different in one way. It doesn't mind to operate uh, genocidal policies uh, completely based on, on racism against uh, Kurds and other types of minorities there, and that's what they constantly do. 
You know, I can't even explain to you why they even bothering uh, trying to support Ukraine and, and being some kind of mediator. I don't know if this, they're doing it with Russia secretly behind the back to look good or if they're mad at them somehow and they just want to get involved in what's going on here. Because they, they haven't been very useful intervening in the Middle East, only been a pain in the butt and a dangerous one. I don't know what they're supposed to be doing in Ukraine. They're certainly not going to sit there fighting Russians. Seriously doubt that. Now, I, I don't mean to take out North Korea or China in this situation, but they're not the same as um, a Turkey or a Ukraine or a Russia where, you know, there are some constitutional elements where not everything is corrupt and bad, uh, but there are elements in there that are hurt, those hurting those countries. You know, China and, and North Korea are completely different. There's not any real government there. It's just simply complete dictatorship from one end to the other. So there's no corruption because the entire system is made, you know, to be evil and, and to be corrupt. So it doesn't bear anything right now to talk about. You already know exactly what that is. And, of course, we'll have a more extensive show on those particular areas because it's a whole lot more complex than that. And never, you know, the corruption of a government like Iran. Supposedly the first uh, country run by theocracy, basically run by religion. But that's just really just one of those show things because in the end they constantly do things that are, that are wrong and harmful and evil and genocidal or at least are on the elements of being genocidal because in the end, you know, they want to, they want to destroy uh, Israel and anybody else that disagrees with them. So that, that, that's probably a lot of America. Uh, the America and most of the Middle East that don't agree with them. The corruption of government. And this is how it becomes an area of dangerous information because anything you talk about that they don't agree upon, they don't want to actually see and, and accept, well, then you become an enemy and you become a prisoner. And sometimes uh, you even become somebody they kill. Because dangerous information is always going to get people killed these days because it stands against a power that wants to take over and do things that are wrong. This is really that simple. We have to ask ourselves as creative people, as writers, what do we want to do? I know here in America, uh, sometimes I, I, I look at some writing and I'm like, what's this? Did, did, is this the crib points from the from the Democratic or the Republican Party or something? Because I'm not seeing anything creative over here. Writing is supposed to be about being against the things that are out there that you know in your heart and soul are simply wrong. I know when we talk about the great vaccination debate, which as you know continues to change every day, you know, and all these folks having different opinions about it, which I'm perfectly fine with, but I like people to come up with some ideas of their own instead of just simply mouthing off what somebody has said, which in case you've noticed, it seems to be constantly wrong. I don't care what administration of it is, whether it's the last one or this one, no one seems to have any answers to anything because absolutely nothing has worked. We got Johns Hopkins saying the lockdowns are a complete failure. All right, we got the CDC changing their mind every five minutes. Uh, apparently not a single vaccination we've put out there has had any real effectiveness. Masks seem to be completely useless. 
I don't know if we just need to all get this and get it through our system, get it over with, and so it eventually winds down. I don't really know. I certainly don't ask people to get it or, or want them to get it. And I don't have any problem with anybody, including myself, trying to do whatever we can to try to prevent it. But when we get to the point where, you know, you, you've been vaxxed, so you're, a, you're, you're a, a wimp, or you haven't been vaxxed, so you're an enemy of the state, this is when we become stupid. This is when we take things that are medical and, and quite private and serious and, and make them uh, some kind of political um, tool that we can hurt people with. That's become not only un-American, you know, it's become unscientific. It's just dumb. The science is doing whatever it can right now, but I guess what? I don't think really science completely still understands everything about this virus. Only thing we know for sure, and this is the only thing we absolutely know for sure, wherever it is in the world, the death rate for this uh, COVID-19 is still extremely low. It only seems to be higher for people that are really uh, vulnerable, like the very young or the very old or people who have already been uh, compromised. Other than that, for most people who, who got it, you got sick for a while and they went through it and they were done. Unless you had some underlying condition, you know, you wasn't. But the death rate is still extremely low. Does that low death rate mean we shouldn't take it seriously? No, of course not. But many instances we've gone overboard. And I know here particularly in America, and I've seen of course in, in areas in, in Britain and in Australia, they have gone way too far to the point of taking away people's liberties and freedoms for, for the point of how do you tackle these things and still remain a free society? Well, like anything else, folks, you got to be able to convince people. And it's hard to convince people when you sound like it's, you're saying five and six different things out of your mouth. And it's hard to convince people when some of this stuff looks so illogical. And when, you know, we've had a vaccination we put out for people that, that had less than a year of testing. And we wonder why it hasn't been that effective. Remember when they first came out, we're talking about this vaccination and getting it. They were talking about it was 95% effective. Now that number's down to like 45 in many instances. I don't know. Were they just saying anything had to say to get it in us? What, what happened that caused it to get dropped? Were they lying? Is this really just about pumping billions of dollars into private companies? And this is not that fatal of a disease after all? These are questions that people have. And they don't have to be conspiracy theorists to have these simple questions. You got plenty of people out there, including me, that have a family. You got to make the best mind up you can under the information that's out there that isn't all that good. I swear to God, we could have the plague out there or, or AIDS, and we seem to have more knowledge and better ways to control it and understand it than this thing, which is not nowhere near as fatal as even smallpox or anthrax or, or the plague. But we've had such a plaguely immature society and I don't mean just here across this world that folks are easily guiled into this and into that picking sides or choosing their enemies or just being silly on a real massive level we have to consider ourselves lucky that those of us have survived it we also have to consider the fact that 
What does this do to our thinking? What does it do to our liberty? What does it do to our creativity? At one point, I had to tell people in the aerial chart, my uh, literary journal, please don't send too much more of this COVID stuff. It's There's not really too many things you're saying that's very unique, you know, and we're all going through a lot of this stuff, so you're not doing anything that we haven't already seen and heard about already. I've seen this happen more and more now where uh, magazines uh, have literally said um, openly in their guidelines, please, no more COVID stuff. I mean, so, are you, really, is that the entire life is built around that there's nothing else you can creatively think about i mean come on so i really think in many ways uh, the, the covid for too many of us you know has become a crutch has become a, a intellectually lazy or or, or the, uh, this this morally handicapped that we can't figure out our own solutions we got to listen to some organization that sounds more political than it sounds uh, medical we got to listen to doctors that come on tv that literally change their ideas and their opinions every week and then when you catch them outside uh, in, in, in the public, they're not even wearing a mask. They're not even doing anything that's safe. But they just spent weeks and weeks telling us, you got to do this, you got to do that. Again, I haven't heard anything about this virus skipping over certain people because they have certain positions or, or they have certain political parties that they're a part of. If it's We're human and we're vulnerable to all of it. So do they know something we don't know? Hmm? Are they just simply hypocrites? Because I don't understand why they would not want to obey any of this after telling me to do so. Why would they not believe it? And that makes people questions how dangerous it is, how serious it is. Is this just another mechanism to control me, to curtail my freedoms? Those are not conspiracy theorists, folks. Those are just simply common sense questions that anyone's going to have in any country for that matter. All righty. When truth is not a goal. And it's really the ultimate question to lots of things that we listen to these days on these narratives where they don't want to be questions, where they don't tell you everything. I mean, is truth not a goal? I don't get it. If you're going to spend 10 hours telling me about how bad oil is and it's polluting the earth and polluting the air and polluting space and polluting Jupiter and all this other stuff, but you won't mention that all these wonderful alternative things that you want me to put all my tax money and all my faith in have lots of weaknesses, have lots of problems, have lots of things that simply still need the improvements as necessary for them to become reliable. How responsible are you as a person to tell me something that's not fully tested, that's not fully done yet? I don't understand that. And if you don't have the answers to these questions, then you should already be wondering, well, how useful is this? Why is truth not a goal in these things? Hmm? Why cannot an environmentalist, and apparently there's none example because they all seem to drink the same Kool-Aid. None of them are available to say, hey, I'd like you to use more solar power with the understanding that it's always not going to be the most reliable. I like to use batteries whenever you can, try to store some power, and I understand that there's still issues with that, and that's something I'm still going to push on people to work on. I like you maybe to use less oil, less gas, and, you know, take less long trips because of the pollution in, 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 in the air. I like you to make sure that, you know, the boats don't spill the oil and the pipelines don't crack and all of that. 
with the understanding that we still got to tolerate oil until we do come up with something that's going to help truly replace it. That's when you have an open discussion about this. That's what needs to be talked about because that's actually what needs to be practiced. If people heard more of that, they become more environmentally conscious because then it sounds like something practical they could try to do in their lives, they can try to be pushing to, to have happen that could maybe replace these things versus just another stupid agenda for another group that doesn't seem to understand anything. You know, when you got people that literally come out who are congressional members literally saying, I want to ban planes, I want to ban trains, I want to ban cars, and I want to ban oil, oil right now. I mean, is that like some like negative science fiction or something? I mean, it just, it just boggles your mind. Because none of that's practical at all. None of it. Who could take something like that seriously? Who would want to get behind something like that? Hmm? Makes no sense at all. You got this, I know you got this little young girl running around the earth now for the last two, three years who gets fed for her parents about all these environmental ideas. I don't see a single journalist asking these questions to this person about these industries, about how unreliable these so-called alternative energies are, how they need more development, how they need more testing, how they need more improvement. That, that person even doesn't even mention that once. All they do is talk the same stuff. Governments are not doing enough, ban this, stop that, blah, blah, blah. This is why people don't take that sort of thing seriously, because truth does not seem to be a goal. But you constantly find people that do things on their own, that are not part of organizations, because they really want to do something. You got some young guy, he figured out a way to start uh, capturing all the all the plastic and the bottles in the ocean and take all that out of there, and he's continuing to do that. Now that's a way to clean the ocean. There you go. I mean, we got, of course, this guy with SpaceX shooting spaceships up there and, and taking the roles that NASA used to find uh, so important that, that we know that they're not so reliable and they're expensive and in many ways dangerous. So you have a private company doing that and working with them. More and more, that's what's going to happen. I think that if any of these alternative energies have a shot for the future and something in a real way, well, they need more investment. They need more ways to explore what can be done. I'm not somebody that puts down solar, wind, battery power, electric. I, pfft, I don't have a problem with any of those things if you can actually make them something that we can use in society in a reliable fashion. Okay? But when you're talking about replacing oil, you better have something that's just as good, if not better, than oil. If you don't, stop talking about how this is the grand way to, to reshape society because it's not. Okay, it's a possibility, but why don't you talk about it that way in an honest fashion, not in a militant brainwash fashion where all my legitimate concerns are thrown out and I'm some weirdo bad polluter guy because I asked the questions. I asked the questions when you tell me that nuclear power, if it gets out of hand, could destroy the community. How oil is a chemical and therefore dangerous to the earth and blah, blah, blah. But then you won't tell me about all this battery that can be built. Gigantic ones that store power for cities from, from solar and wind and everything else. But, you know, they leak. 
and that the batteries are not recyclable, and they're dangerous in the ground. So I'm changing one dangerous thing for another. Why would I want to do that? Does it make mechanical sense? Does it make technological sense? Does it make practical sense? And God forbid, it doesn't even make political sense. It's just dumb. Think the rest of the way through if you're going to try to sell these things. This is why people are suspicious of these things. This is why. You why they had, you, well, you realize that for the last 35 years, if you look at the numbers, uh, the embrace of any kind of environmental issue on a, on a list of things that people were actually concerned about, it's always dead last or next to dead last. Why is that? Because they're not buying what's being sold. Oh, they'll tell you about how they believe it could be a possibility. They'll tell you about how, sure, clean air and clean water are important. I, I agree with the same thing, of course. They'll tell you about all of that, but they're not going to tell you about they want to do any of this stuff because they don't believe it can be done yet. And guess what? It can't be done yet. Because I'm telling you, if they had this, anything, any one of these things we talked about, they'd be out there already. We'd already be seeing them working on, on a test town, test city, test whatever, and seeing how, how damn good it is. It's not any damn good because it's not close to being perfected. But truth has to be a goal, folks. And it has to be a goal because when it becomes a goal, we don't have information out there that's dangerous anymore. One of the reasons why information becomes dangerous is not just because an organization or a political idea or a government or etc., doesn't want it because it's inconvenient to whatever narrative it is and doesn't like it because it interrupts in its control. It's also not a goal because sometimes people, they just become lazy. They just don't think it's that important. Yeah, it's close enough. That's one of the problem with the, with the environmentalists. You know, I think they don't seem to realize, but that's really what's in their mind. I don't mind pushing this and saying, not saying this and doing that because it's close enough. My ideas are good because they're going to help the world. Because oil is bad. Well, guess what? Until you have something reliable, as much as oil, what you have is not only bad, but probably worse. And who's to say we can't be figuring out ways to also make gas and oil safer? What was what, this possible that we can make it to where it doesn't release pollutants in the world? Does that mean you would reconsider being against it? Or are you just so stuck on this environmental stuff and no, I can't consider that. Again, that's when a narrative takes over common sense and suddenly no matter what you say you do, it doesn't matter. You got some folks out there that I'm sure they're exactly like that. You know? There was a point where there was, there was some environments coming around to a nuclear energy, understanding that in many ways it was safer and more healthier than anything else we could put out there, even including oil to a certain extent. Now it all back to it's bad. It's evil. It's nuclear. It's radioactive. Oh, my God. So, folks will change their mind back to just whatever they think is politically convenient. Well, guess what, folks? And in case you haven't realized this in your personal life or any other part of your life, truth should be a goal, and truth is really convenient. But it's incredibly necessary because the moment you make it a goal... Information doesn't become dangerous anymore. It actually becomes maybe even inconvenient and so even sometimes difficult, but then you just have to change gears and, and do something that's going to accommodate truth.
We don't do that enough in the world, and that's why we have so many problems. We, we, we say we have a lot of problems in the world because there's a lot of beer people out there. And I'll tell you something, I don't agree with that philosophy. I think we have a lot of problems in the world because we have a lot of good people out there that don't want to do the right thing. They just rather be lazy and rather just stick whatever is comfortable to them. And that causes a lot of bad that goes out there because of us not willing to stand up for what we know is right. You don't have that many bad people out there to cause this much bad. This is a lot of good people turning away, turning their head, closing their eyes, plugging their ears. That's why we have so much bad in the world. Because we have a lot of good people that are just not interested in seeing anything. They just want to talk it. They're not too interested in doing it. Does that make them bad? I don't know. I guess it depends on whatever your philosophy is about that. But I'll, I'll, I'll keep them as good. They're not out there running a government to destroy the world. So they can't really be in that kind of category of bad. But they're in the category of good that's, that's apathetic. And in many ways, that could be worse. <laughs> All right, and the last chapter in this show is being creative in a dark world. Well, like I said before, you need to be able to speak the, the truth as, as you know it. Which means that it's not always going to fit one of these stupid narratives or these stupid political parties or these idiotic governments. It's simply not. Nobody has a right to run down a culture and, and try to destroy it because you don't like it. I mean, if at worst, you could maybe grab them all up and kick them out of the country if that's what you'd like to do. Let them go start someplace new somewhere else. In case you, know, you find out a lot of times they don't do that. They simply want to imprison and kill them. Part of the reason, I think, is just, just another way to keep their own society distracted and keep their own military engaged. So, literally, murder just becomes a, a, another, another organ of government, another, another policy that, that, that helps you for you control. You got Turks and the, and the Kurds, and you know you got uh, various uh, ethnic and religious minorities in Iran that are, that are persecuted. It's it's a countless problem. I mean, you, you got them right in Europe there as well. So it's not like it's just uh, you know one part of the world. But these items need to be speaked about. These issues need to be speaked about. You know, we got a, a Chinese government right now that just spends all this money bribing everybody. So, meanwhile, we got a, an entire Uga uh, Hoga Holocaust over there. Anywhere from one to three million people in concentration camps being brainwashed, being tapped for their blood, being stolen of their organs, murdered, tortured, raped. People don't want to talk about that. You know, we got. Uh, we got millionaire athletes over here. They want to talk about everything else except for the, the, the governments that are giving them millions for, for the marketing of, of their products. No, let's not talk about that. They'll talk about slavery in America that happened 400 years ago, okay? But they're not going to talk about any slavery in China that definitely happened 400 minutes ago. So we got a lot of that nonsense here in, in this country, unfortunately. It needs to be written about. We need to talk more about it. You know, I, I never felt bad, and I still don't feel bad by preaching to, to anybody out there and journalists that, that they still need to write the truth, even if it causes them, you know, to be in harm, even though it causes them to be killed because they have an obligation. I wish the Mexican government can do more to protect these people. 
I really do. I don't understand why, other than that lots of them are just being bought off by the drug money. Because there's, there's absolutely no way. You know, and I find it horrible that, you know, my country, America, right next to Mexico, ha has an entirely journalistic organization that, that has failed the American people, that doesn't do anything to inform us about anything that's going on. It sticks to one line and one party, and that's it. There's zero bravery and zero integrity there. Very, very few of journalists even exist in America. In fact, if I talk to a Mexican journalist and he says, would I be safer in America? I go, yeah, you'll be safer for assassination in America, but you know, you'll, you'll be simply lying for some other organization. They're not going to let you tell the truth. Uh, you'll be out of a job. No one will kill you, but you won't be able to work. So it's an incredible irony that the, one of the most corrupt governments in the world right next to us have some of the bravest, smartest, and most creative uh, journalists out there. All incredible and in danger. Constantly being murdered on a regular basis. I know I've counted over 50 in this the last couple of years. Four this year alone, and we're only into February. And they know it's going to continue. I hope it will definitely stop one day, but it's, it's going to take a lot more action. And I just hope it doesn't get to the point where it just stifles that entire industry. Because there isn't anyone left in Mexico to talk about the truth if it's not for the journalist, if it's not for the writer. So I'm about being creative in a dark world. Right now, those are, that's the number one group of people on the planet right now. It's Mexican journalists. We, need, we can learn a lot from them as writers and, and just as regular philosophical thinkers that they are trying to literally improve their world. So let's pray for them and, and definitely wish the, the very best for them. All right, folks. Hope that's helped you to understand something about creativity and the age of a dangerous information. I'm not suggesting that 21st century is the only age we've ever had information that was dangerous. Quite frankly, every century has had its questions and its problems. Remember, in, in the past, you, you had the civil rights people. You had the abolitionists before that. You had people looking for religious liberty in Europe before America was formed. You know, you had, um, you had Galileo talking about, you know, the Earth is not the you know the center of the universe, but rather the Sun is the center of our galaxy. We run around that, but he had the church and everybody going against them on that, and saying uh, reversing themselves and then reversing themselves on his deathbed again. So it's we've always had a century that we've had this sort of problems, but we always get through it because you're always going to have a group of people that are creative enough and brave enough to simply say no, I'm not tolerating that nonsense anymore. I'm not going to live that lie, and I'm not going to live in the world. That can be better. Well, it can be better for if we're willing to see things clearly and speak about things without having to worry about fear. I know we got people right now that they have uh, they've lost their way. They lost family members. They've lost friends just because of politics, just because even this whole vaccination things. How do they get back to normal? I don't know. How do they even reunite when all this is over one day? I'm not really sure. But what I do need to know is... We're never going to have that happen if we don't figure out the genesis of what caused this kind of distrust. Because if we don't figure that out, this is never going to happen. We'll just have more and more of a splintered society. We, we can't afford it. We cannot afford that any longer. So hopefully we can come together, even if we're disagreeing. Realize who we are as a, 
a, a, a culture that still has a, a say in this planet and that still has a, 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 a beam of light that we can show the world, even in, in some of our errors and even some of our backward ways and, hell, even some of our dark days, we still have a lot of a good ahead. Let's try to keep that in mind, folks. God bless. This is MindSpeak, Creativity in the Age of Danger Information. Take care. God bless. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.